Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Praise God. Esther chapter 6. Esther chapter 6. I'll read. The Bible says, That night the king could not sleep. So one was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles. And they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bictana and Terash, two of the king's eunuchs, the doorkeepers who sought to lay hands on the king, Ahasuerus. Then the king said, What honor and dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for doing these? The king's servant who attended to him said, Nothing has been done for him, my lord. And so the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had entered the outer court of the king's palace to suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Please note that. He came to suggest to king to hang a man that the king knew nothing about. The king's servant said to him, Haman is here, standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king asked him, what shall be done for the man who the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? I'm so the cool dude around here. I'm the only brain among the pack. And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought, which the king has won, and a horse on which the king had ridden, which has a royal crest placed on his head. Then let the robe and the horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that he may array the man with whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him thus, Shall it be done to a man whom the king delights to honor? Then the king said to Haman, Hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback to the city square. And proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to a man whom the king delights to honor. Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gates, but Haman hurried. Somebody say hurried. Yeah, their flight will be in hurry. Everyone who means evil for you. So Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. When Haman told his wife Zerich and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his wise men and his wife, Zerich, said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him. But you will surely fall by him. Not something here. They were separating themselves from his woes. But they've been feasting at his table. While they were still talking with him, the kings did not came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet which Esther had prepared. Father, we thank you for your presence in this house. We thank you for your word that has been ministered to us. We ask Holy Spirit, Lord, that we will 
grant unto each one of us understanding. Grant me an ability to convey your truth to your people in a way that every man and every woman will understand. Speak to our situation and bring us unto the place that you desire for each one of us. Thank you, Father. We bless and exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. This morning, the title of my message is The Turning Point. It so happened in life that just when you think you have something good, you are celebrating, you have conquered one battle, another battle starts. And that is a journey of a believer. That's why we always sing that song that Christians don't rest yet. You are in the midst of battle. Therefore, you must watch and pray. You understand that we cannot relax because we must always be attentive. We must be alert as believers. Amen. Because we must not get to a point to celebrate too much and you forget the fact that the enemy does not like you to celebrate. So as soon as the Queen Esther became the queen, trouble started. First of all, there was the attack. Haman just felt he's going to wipe off the entire people of the Jews, which was her descent. And while she didn't know about this at all, Mordecai knew. Mordecai's offense was they refused to bow to Haman. And you see, some people come into power and they expect everybody just to fall flat because they have said it, because they have come. They just expect everything to revolve around them. This man, in three days, he was pushed out of office. Not only did he lose everything he inherited, he lost the one that remains in his hand. When you become too proud, you are setting yourself up for a fall. Because power is transient. Are you following me now? So it does not matter where you are, where God has placed you. You must still remain humble. Are you listening to me now? Remain humble. This man, Haman, he decided because one man was not bowing to him. Now the rest of the people were doing what he wanted. He felt, no, this man, he must die. Not only he must die, in fact, everybody that came from his line, from his tribe. So that was the situation. That's where we were last week. And um, Mordecai cried, covered himself in sackcloth and ashes. He cried to the gate of the king and the message got to Queen uh, Esther. And you know what happened. Esther didn't want to go initially. And then she decided to pray. And then she went. And the king stretched out his golden scepter. But today I want to jump over that chapter 5. And jump to chapter 6 for us to see something that God did. Because chapter 6 is the book of turning. That's where things began to change. That's where a lot of things actually were hidden. And I wanted to be able to look at this. In chapter 6, God decided to come into the forefront. He has been operating in the background. He has been operating through people. But God decided now to do things that you cannot even imagine. You see, up to this point, everybody had felt... That if God will speak, he will speak through somebody who can hear God. Somebody who is of God origin. Just like Mordecai, like Esther. But God, if God is going to deliver you, if he gets ready to deliver, you can use anything. He can use anyone. He can use even the one who intended to do evil against you. That's the power of the God Almighty. God is the one who can confuse the wicked folks. He can bring the diviners man. Are you following me now? That's the power of our God. God, it can never be too far that God can't reach you. In fact, God used the pig to speak to the prodigal son. Remember, when the prodigal son left home and he was eating, he had spent all. The Bible said he had nothing else. And then even the pigs refused to feed him. Uh -uh. He said, even if man will not give to me, even pigs 
are not even allowing me to eat. There is no food in my father's house. Sometimes God will use pain to teach you lesson. He will use problem to speak to you. When you can't hear in a nice way. Somebody must understand you can't be too far that God cannot reach you. God is the God Almighty. So God can use anything. And when he does, you must pray that you'll be sensitive to hear him. Not you'll be hard-heartedness. You know, that prodigal son could have become even more hardened in his heart. But he said, no, I must make a U-turn. I pray for somebody today that as God used different circumstances to speak to you, may you not become hard-heartedness in Jesus' name. You know, God used the wife of Pontius Pilate to speak to him when religious folks were so adamant in killing Jesus. The Bible said the woman came to her husband in Matthew 27, 19. He said, please do nothing with this man because I have suffered many things in the night. I have suffered many things in the night. Now, it's so amazing. Why will God go and choose the wife and even speak to the husband? God can do anything. God said that, you know, I, I am the God of the whole earth. And this morning, I pray for somebody here. Who you might think that where, where I am, nobody can reach me. And, you know, I'm relying on this. Or, or where your family member is. I want to pray for a father, a mother, somebody whose children have left home. You might not be able to reach them, but God can reach them. Are you listening to me now? God can reach them. He is the God of the whole earth. God who used a king who didn't even have any regard for God. King Cyrus. He said, Cyrus is my servant. That's for you to see the God that we are serving. God used a donkey to speak to the prophet. So if you are in any situation, I always remember this example of one of our leaders in the house who was in a particular place where the lawyer could not help him. Lawyers have tried. People have tried. People like us have tried. We could not bail him out. But God stepped into the show. Now, when God does things like that, you have no man to thank. Are you following me now? When God himself shows up and the man came out of detention, then he called the lawyer. He said, I'm out. I said, no, you can't be out. Your paper is still due. You see, this is the God I'm talking about. God will deliver you from that medical problem. And the doctors will be asking, where did you go to? Who helped you with this case? Did you get some blood transfusion somewhere? Did somebody donate something to you? Listen to me. God is in the season of doing the unusual. That was what happened in this story. It began with the story of the king. The king could not sleep. The king could not sleep. I can think of a thousand and one things that the king could have done if he couldn't sleep. You would have expected him to. Maybe call for entertainment. He could have done any other thing. Many of us today, when we can't sleep, we need to ask ourselves, what is it we do? This king now called, I want you to read to me. That's another funny thing I read in the story. He couldn't sleep and he couldn't read. So they were reading to him as he was pacing the floor. And it happened that they were reading about Mordecai's accounts. The portion they were reading. There was no coincidence in that. That was God's incident. Because it was not normal for the king to have forgotten what happened. It was a couple of years ago, Bible scholars tell us. This king had been reigning for roughly about 12 years at this point. And about four or five years ago, an attempt was made on his life. He himself actually came into power by coup. So in those days, they kill each other and come over. But in this case, 
Mordecai had betrayed the plan of two of the eunuchs who wanted to kill him. And their attempt on his life failed. And those two folks were finished, of course. But nothing was done for Mordecai. Don't always put your hope in man. So on that night, the king felt, Wow, this man has touched my heart so much. He has delighted me. I must bless him and honor him. So this old transaction carried on till morning time. And in the early hours of the day, there was a movement in the court. The king said, who goes there? And they said it was Haman. Haman was in the court. Bring him in. And I asked myself, why would Haman come to see the king that early? Because he must have expected the king to be sleepy. It must only be because what he came for is important to him and he didn't want the king to have any excuse to be busy during the day. So this will be the first thing he will hear. And first things you take them very serious. So the king said to Haman, king said to Haman, he said, what should the king do to who the king delights in? It's quite curious that the king at this point left out the name of the person the king delights in. Because if I delight in anybody and I want to seek advice, ideally I will say to you that, what do you think I should do for sister so-so-and-so? For brother so-so-and-so? Because then your suggestion will be based upon, I know that person. This is what they will like. So the king left out the name divinely arranged. And Haman felt nobody is good enough better than me. Now, I would have thought, even if Haman felt the person should be honored, there are ways by which the king honors people. He could have suggested, well, the king can give him more land because the king has a land. Let's give him land. Let's give him horses. Let's give him things that can bless him. Let's give him more slaves. These are areas which he could have suggested. But you see, because the counsel that Haman gave was tailor-made to himself. And Haman was already a rich man. He was prime minister. This guy evidently is a thief. Haman was already rich. So he didn't ask for houses. He didn't ask for anything. He asked for what really was his motive. His motive was to get the king's throne. So he asked... For one day, I want to be king for a day. So pictures will be taken. He asks for what the king has won before. The royal robe he has won before. Because if it's another one, you probably could say that, oh, that's a cheap one. <laughs> that's not the original version. He could easily have said anything from the king's house. He must have the crest of the king. And then the worst part of it, he now said, let the king give it to one of the best princes and let that one come and give it to this person. So what really he's saying is that don't give it to any of your best eunuchs. That's the whole idea. He wanted to humble the other princes. The book of Esther, it's a picture of how we behave. You really want people to see you that's why some of you put everything on Facebook, on Instagram, on everything. Now let them carry him around the city. It's not about Jesus. It's about the best person to present it. 
And then I can say to them, you see what happened to those of us <laughs> who the king pleases. When he finished, the king said, perfect. Guess what? Everything you said, go and do it. For Mordecai, the Jew that sits at the king's gate. I don't know about you, but if that was me, they would take the light off. That is terrible. Now, why didn't the king say that at the beginning? Why didn't the king say, by the way, what do you think the king should do to Mordecai the, the Jew? Because the king delights in him. Another thing that was in that sentence is the king decided to give the postcode of the person he intended. He said, give it to Mordecai the Jew. In other words, that black guy, you don't like his face. That Asian chap, you don't like him. Now that Caucasian man, you don't like in your group. Give it to him. So he described the fact that, I'm not talking about any other Mordecai. Mordecai, the one you don't like. Of course he didn't know that he didn't like it. But I'm talking about the one that is the minority. And not only that. He might be the minority and he's the prime minister like Joseph. No, Mordecai that sits at the gates. The gate man. I don't know about you, but I think Haman should have asked the king, uh, uh, what did I do against you? He should have asked the king, what kind, of, what kind of insult is this? Now, it must be that the king himself is ruthless. So that Haman, who is a wicked guy, could not even question him. I don't think you are getting this story. <laughs> because, you know, if the king is a person he can reason with, you say, but my lord, then my recommendation, we need to reconsider it. Because by doing this, we are setting a precedence. The king said, do exactly what you say. Then sleep came upon the king. King went to, home, to his room. At that the time, he could sleep. There is someone God has set to help you. There is someone God has raised to help you. They will not finish until they finish. They will not die until they help you. They will not leave the post until they see you. In the name of Jesus. This story is interesting. Because when they opened the book, the Bible said they read about the things that Mordecai has done. And God told us that, I know your works. So I began to say, Lord, I thank you. That every good work, every good seed that I have sown, that has been forgotten by man, we are in a season of remembrance. I said, oh, that's a poor amen. amen. May the Lord remember you. May he remember your labor. May he remember your effort. May he remember your prayers. May he remember the people you are raising in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that they opened the book to that place. The king when he remembered it, he now decided that I, I have delight in your work. And I said, Father, I thank you. Because you have delight in me. You have delight in the things I do. And my life will delight you. My friend, in all the things you can ever expect, it's important for you to know until you delight the king. God is not really pleased. It's not just about, I got a new house, a new car. You must delight the king. And so you are thanking him that he has looked favorably upon the work of your hand. Can I have an amen? amen? When you look at this story, 
The king stayed up all night. But it's not only the king that stayed up all night about Mordecai. Haman stayed up all night too. And I want to say this to you, my friend. That every night you go to bed, two kingdoms are keeping vigil over you. Two kingdoms. One is considering how to honor you. The other is considering how to harm you. How to hurt you. How to hinder you. But I thank God. The Bible says in Isaiah 44, verse 25. He said, God is the one that frustrates the talkings of the babblers. He's the one that drives diviner mad. He's the one that turns the wise men backward. I decree in the name of Jesus, God will turn every diviner backward. Everyone staying up in the night to harm you, to harm you, to hurt you, to frustrate you. God will frustrate them. God will disturb them. God will break their plan. God will frustrate their effort. He will call the association and break it into disharmony in the name of Jesus. Number three. I want to thank God. The God who grants me victory without lifting a finger. Mordecai was sleeping at this time. He had no knowledge what was going on about him. But God granted him victory. I'm saying you will just turn up to walk and something good will have happened to you. (laughs) Somebody here will wake up to a new day. Somebody here will wake up to good news. Somebody here is about to wake up to good news. I woke up in my house one morning. My, my wife had been awake. I don't know for how long. But as soon as she noticed I woke up, she said, Honey, we are pregnant. She, I didn't know my wife could jump. She jumped from the floor to the bed. I, Honey, we are pregnant. I, it was the money I can never forget in my life. I said, God will give you a money you won't forget. You will get a letter that will make you to leap for joy. You are about to leap for joy. You are about to dance a dance nobody can understand. You are about to sing a song nobody can understand. God is about to do something new in your life. In the name of Jesus. The Bible said it is God. In Psalm 121 verse 1 it says that I will lift my eyes to the hills where I come at my help. My help comes from him. May the help of the Lord locate you. He said that God who never sleeps nor slumber, that God who never sleeps, he said he keeps Israel. The God that keeps Israel, he will keep you. When you are sleeping, he will watch over you. He will protect you. He will protect you. The Lord is your helper. The Lord is your keeper. He is a shade on your right hand and the sun shall not smite you in the day. Now the moon by night, he will preserve you from all evil from this day and forevermore. That was a song I believe will be on the leaves of Mordecai. God, who did this? In the midst of crisis, God brought a twist. I don't know who is going through crisis. I don't know who is going through a situation right now. God will bring a twist. There will be a news that you will not expect. And it will change every other news. In the name of Jesus. The king said, go and do everything you have said. And leave nothing out. Leave nothing out. So you see, Haman had intended to become a king. That really is the reason for his so-called plan. Haman came to the king to get a sanction for the execution of Mordecai. That was why he came. He couldn't touch Mordecai because Mordecai was the king's 
staff. It was at the king's gate. And the Bible makes it clear that he came to tell the king, this guy must die. But by the time he left, he was the one that was actually asked to honor Mordecai. There are people who may have gathered themselves or appointed themselves to be the one to see your end in your company. They will be the one to vacate their seat for you. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you that people with that testimony in this house, those people will be the one to vacate their, and they'll be the first to congratulate. I would like to congratulate you for your new role. And when they come back, you'll be thinking, do I even have a place for you in my organization? That is it. They may have called you today for a query. You will end up being the one to, mm, to put them wherever you want to put them. Because that's what God can do. And God is still in that business. The last time we heard about Mordecai, friends, you remember this. He was in ash clothes and ashes. God changed his cloth of ashes into a royal robe. I see God changing your clothes. Uh, some of you cannot even say amen. I see God changing your clothes. 24 hours ago, Mordecai was on the hit list. He was on the death row. But by God, I want to say this to you. God changed that to a honor list. God will remove your name from a list of people who have been given X number of years to live. <laughs> you will live your years into full in the name of Jesus. God will remove your name from the list of shame. He will remove your name from the list of people who are sick in the hospital. I say God will remove your name from the list who are failures. God will promote you. God will honor you in the name of Jesus. He will take your name from the list of barren people into the list of fruitful people. In the name of Jesus. What a turnaround. Mordecai had a turnaround and so will you. As we read that story, there was a, an interesting conclusion at the end of that story. Haman went home with his head bowed in shame. And his wife said, honey, what happened? I've told you before things were bad. Today was worse. What happened? And then he told the wife what happened. And I want you to read this scripture, please. Read uh, Esther 5.13. And then we're going to read Esther 6.13. Esther 5.13 and Esther 6.13. Let's put it up. Very interesting. Two verses said in the mouth of the same people. Let's read 5.13. If you have it, put it up. Esther 5.13. The Bible says in 5.13... He said, yet all this avails me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Keep going. Then his wife, Zerich, and all, please note that he said Mordecai the Jew. We just read it. Then his wife, Zerich, and all his friends, all his friends said to him, let a gallows be made. 50 cubits high. Now, a cubit is like the length of the tip of your hand to your elbow. So 50 of it. And let 50 cubits be, be uh, 50 cubits high. And in the morning, suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Suggest so. Suggest. So if the king does it, it's on his neck. Suggest to the king be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman. And so he had the gallows made. Next. 
Esther 6.13. Esther 6.13. When Haman told his wife Zarech and all his friends, everything that had happened to him, his wise men and his Zarech said to him, if Mordecai, if, now they are using if, if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him. In fact, but you will surely fall. They use the word surely fall before him. My point is, when did they get the revelation that Mordecai is of the Jews? Do you know when? When God proved his hand in the life of Mordecai. Not that they didn't know, but they thought his God was sleeping. They thought his God had abandoned them. Lift up the right hand to heaven. Say, Father, show me a token for good that those who hate me that those who don't know you may know there is a God at work in my life a talking for good in the name of Jesus friends there are things God will do that your enemies will have to acknowledge there are seven lessons I picked from this story number one bitterness and unforgiveness is poisonous in the gut of the aggrieved Bitterness and unforgiveness is a poisonous bile, is a poisonous thing in the gut of the aggrieved. When you carry bitterness, no matter what somebody has done against you, you may have a good reason. You may have your points made. My friend, if you don't let it off, it will kill you. My, my, my assurance to you will not even touch the person who hurts you. Haman became so bitter that he could no longer think rationally. Why would you agree to make a gallows 75 feet high to kill one man? Even the cross of Jesus was not that high. 75 feet. Now, how do you even want to climb to 75 feet? So when you are bitter, you are not actually thinking about the cost to you. You say, you know what? I don't care. If everything finished, let it finish. Really? Bitterness. Bitterness. And unforgiveness is terrible. Bitterness makes people to do the unimaginable thing. May the Lord deliver us from it. Number two. Living self-centered life will eventually lead to a downfall. Living self-centered life. If everything revolves around you, it's only what you want that matters. You are the only one that is wise. You are the only one that can do it. You are the only one that you are the only one. You always rubbish other people. I'm not talking about the fact that you are available to serve. No, I'm talking about the fact that you don't even recognize the effort of others. Uh, who would the king want to honor than me? It's a terrible place. When you fail to know that there is other, other people are existing. A self-centered life is the same problem of the wife and the friends. Not even one of the friends could say anything different. It means that they were bought. They could not speak counsel. They could not speak wisdom. If you are fortunate to be married to a powerful person or to be a friend of a powerful person, 
a person of influence, realize that God put you in that position, use it with wisdom. They may not like you. They may not like what you are saying. In their heart of heart, they will know that may be something in what you said. And even if they don't know now, later on they will say, and you try to warn me. Number three, God is working in every detail of your life. God is interested in everything you're doing. Every detail is interested in who you go with, where you go, where you sit, everything you do. Is interested in the kind of subjects you do, in the career you take, in the job you do, in the contract you take. God is interested. He's interested. Because everything you do, they are all subjects to God. They are all instruments that God can use. The Bible said the heart of the king is in the hand of God. He turns it whichever way he pleases. Number four. The negative state of your night season is not a reflection of your morning. I see a turnaround in your life. Very soon there will be a breaking news. <laughs> breaking news that God has done it for you. That God has done it for you. That here is a new you. Here is a new you. God said that this, the time of weeping is over. Weeping me and for a night. Your joy comes in the morning. I see God doing something great in your life. And I see many of us can testify. Of some things that look like a time of weeping. A time of sadness. A time of pain. You can remember things that happened in the past. Maybe somebody jilted you. Maybe somebody left you. Maybe, maybe you found yourself in a position and that is an embarrassing thing. But when you turn to the Lord, God changed it. Things you never thought that God can use, God uses it. Things that you never thought can change, God will change it. That's what happens. The night season is a time of crying. But the morning time is a time of rejoicing. I say your morning is here. Your morning is here in the name of Jesus. God has orchestrated that in many people's life. That some people will have been married to certain people and you thought, oh, if I didn't marry Jane, if I didn't marry Johnson, you know, my life is over. And you never thought. That even though because they walked out of your life, God changed things. There are jobs you thought, if I get that job, my problem is solved. And you didn't get the job. You got another job and God used the other job to make you. Listen to me. If you are in the hands of God, God is able to change the story because he's a master changer. Number five, there are conversations taking place in the spirit daily concerning you. Whether you know it or not, every one of us must know that things are happening in the spirit. Conversations are going on in the spirit. Mordecai was not aware, but God was. God was preparing a royal garment while he was counting down. Do you know, at this point, Mordecai will be counting down. Gosh, we're about five days. They're going to kill all of us. Do you know the pain of waking up and knowing the date of your death is nearby? Oh, I'm going to touch that when I come back. This was what was going on. But God already has changed the story. Number six, pride and overrating of yourself will cause a reversal of your fortune. Overrating of yourself will cause a reversal of your fortune. The Bible says in James 4, 6, it said God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. Listen, sometimes 
I have seen all kinds of things in the body of Christ. Where there are situations where nobody can talk to you. Nobody can reach you. Never put yourself in a place where you have no at thy word. Everybody is entitled to their feelings, entitled to whatever they think they are. But listen to me. You must know the limits. You must have people in your life that because they said it. Now, not because they are richer than you, not because they are, but because you have acknowledged them as leaders in your life. That they speak into your life. Such of them are beginning from home, your parents. Never think you are too old now. Your parents can't speak to you anymore. As a madness I see in this generation. Oh, I am 16. I am 17. I'm 18 now. I can do anything I want now. After 18, come, where are you going? Listen to me. There is still 28. There is 38. There is 48. There is, do you want to live that long? Are you going to live to see 68? Are you going to live to see... Listen to me. After 18, if you don't behave, you won't see the rest. Oh, now I am old now. I'm 16 now. I'm 17. Really? The people who knew you when you couldn't know yourself. You cannot spell your own A, B, D. All of a sudden, they are no longer wise. They are now backward people. It is a, it is a craziness I see in this generation. No matter what you think, your parents would always want your best. Might not seem like that to you. There are people God has placed over you. The first zone of correcting a child. You might be prime minister. Oh God. If God has to remind you, it means you are forgotten. When you are asking God to give you access, he has already said it's granted. But he wants you to be able to use it for long. This is the reason why many people really can't sustain testimonies. They can't sustain blessings. They can't sustain miracles. They struggle to keep it. Because all of a sudden, we are wise now. We are blessed now. We are rich people now. You know, we can no longer serve. It will shock you to know the people who are serving you in church, where they are serving, where they are working. Some of them are vice president in banks. Some of them are directors international. Yet they are serving you in car park. But some of us, we just got a little job. We can no longer serve. Because we are big boys now. You don't seem to realize that there is so much you don't know. So much more is still ahead. Whatever you see today is just the beginning. Number seven. The seed you sow today is waiting as your harvest tomorrow. The seed you sow today is waiting. It might seem long, but it's waiting. I need you to understand this, friends. Whatever you do today is waiting. It's waiting. It's waiting. The seed you sow is waiting. Don't let 
it be because now you have got a, a, an answered prayer. I know people, my friends, I know, I know people, and it bothers me. People who I know will be humble because they are still trusting God for a miracle. They will serve God because the moment they get now, they are big now. What is the problem with us? Access is granted. But it's still, my dear friend, that has not changed who you are to God. You are still his boy. You are still his son. You, are, you remain a son. I don't ever want to change. I'm God's servant. I'm God's son. I'm a child of God. Don't become an uncle of God. Now dictating to God. I'm not going to church. Who are they to tell me that? Eh? The day you are running around, you have no one to run to. It will be that church you run to. There is something wrong with us. Seriously, it's time for us to speak the truth to our hearts. It can no longer be corrected. But my prayer really is that we will be that kind of people that have been passed through fire that we can still stand. Then the real blessing comes because that's where I'm really going to. I've not even touched it. Because I showed you, Mordecai already rode the royal horse, but he still went back to the king's gate. Why? I will show you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.